Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. As you can tell, I'm sick. I'm not. So <laughs> we'll get through this. I feel like it's going to be a heavy lifting day for me. <laughs> yes. As it always is. <laughs> I actually did some research, and by research, I mean I got here early and went through Twitter while I was sitting in my car outside. Nicely done. <laughs> I'm really dedicated to this. <laughs> As we all are. Um, I, before we start, I just want to say thank you to Christina H. Uh, for being a Patreon supporter. Yay! And do you want to start with the saddest of the sad news? Because there's, there's no... Start the, happy the shooting? News. The shooting. Yeah, let's get that out Let's of the get way. that. Um, obvi- so that happened, I think, right after we finished taping, or at least a day or two after we taped yeah, the last one. Yeah, I will one. say, like... Time, so we've had several days to think thing about is, like, this. That's the thing, is, like, this week moved in, like, bullet time, because I text him on, like, Wednesday, like, it's a lot of good news happening this week. And he's like, no, there was a church shooting. And I was like, <laughs> like, it felt like a million years ago already. Yeah, everything goes at warp speed now. Yeah, anyway. So, I mean, we don't need to rehash everything. The one thing... Uh, worth mentioning, I think, here on this podcast anyway, is that the shooter, whatever screenshots we have of his social media, showed Mm -hmm. that he liked an assortment of weird things, but one of them included Friendly Atheist. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also liked a psychic page, which is weird. Like, that's not, that doesn't sound like an atheist sort of thing. And I don't know why he liked my page, because I don't know if it's because... He read anything we wrote on the site mm-hmm. because there's nothing we wrote that says, you know, you should do any like, no, right. we're not the Christians are evil sort of website. Yeah. I also don't get, I mean, maybe he was, maybe he liked the page because he wants to just hate follow me. I follow a number of Christian pages and people because I want to keep tabs on what they're doing. I want to see what their updates are. I don't know if that's why. But I think it's also worth mentioning that, like, even if he was just a fan of the site, like, that has no bearing on his actions, obviously nothing. Right. If you like granola bars, it doesn't mean, like, the the granola conspiracy is out to get people. It's like a satanic panic thing. Like, if you you play Hemant's blogs backwards, it tells you, (laughs) like, messages. Yeah. Um, So even if he did like it, like... That's not bearing on his actions. And more to the point, the people who are investigating the crime said there is literally no evidence linking whatever this guy's religious beliefs are Mm -hmm. to why he did what he did. They said if there's anything, it's that the guy really hated his Mm mother-in-law, wanted to go after her. She happened to be at that church. That's why he went there. Uh, Someone else put it this way, but it's like if he knew she was at a grocery store, this would have been a grocery store massacre. Right. Uh, so just the fact that he did this awful thing in a church, it's not some anti-Christian persecution sort of issue, mm-hmm. even if he was an atheist, which if that I, I wanted to raise this to you because I don't know what the answer is to this. Okay, putting, aside, answer. putting aside all the stuff about whatever link to a friendly atheist or whatever, uh-huh. if this guy is an atheist, was an atheist, mm-hmm. and he did this not because he hated Christians, but he did this thing 
but we knew he was an active vocal atheist or anything like that. What would go through your head? Well, so as somebody who I do read a lot about true crime and read a lot about like criminal profiling and things like that, it seems to me that this sort of quote unquote reasoning why somebody would do something so horrific is often just sprung out of mental illness or, or, um, you know, certain whatever is making him angry and, and violent, uh, whether that's mental illness or whether that's something else. And it seems to me from what I've seen that everything else just sort of, um, like retrofits into what they want to do anyway. Does that make sense? So like, there's definitely people like there's, um, uh, Gary Ridgway who, killed a bunch of sex workers in the Pacific Northwest because for because he was a Christian and he believed that they were doing wrong. This is a man who wanted to murder women and backfitted whatever his beliefs are into saying that. So from what I can tell, things like that, because I think you need to look at, I don't know, what would go through my head is like, this is fucking terrible PR, which is a terrible thing to think, mm-hmm. but that's certainly not what we want to be associated with. And I think my bigger concern is that if a person is white and male and Christian, whatever they do is because they hated their mom or because they had this issue or that issue or had a hard childhood. But if they were white and male and atheist, it's, oh, he was disturbed because yeah. he hated God or whatever. So I, I'm kind of loath to place religious beliefs into the... Yeah. Because, listen, if you are the kind of person who wants to go murder people, whether it's in a church or at a movie theater or whatever, you are going to find whatever you need. You're going to find justification wherever you can find sure. it. And whether that's the Bible telling you sinners need to be punished or whether that's, I don't know, an atheist who thinks that Christian people are evil or what you know, whatever their justification is it's sort of secondary to their own neuroses and own psychopathy that triggers an event like this. Does that make sense? It does. And And I I hope I'm using like mental illness words and psychopathy appropriately. I'm not a psychologist, but like I'm just trying to convey that their actual beliefs, what they say they believe doesn't necessarily equate to like the reason they do things. Uh, I saw one profile that also said he was a Bible school teacher. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't know if that's accurate or not. Uh, I think the screenshot's accurate, but I don't know what that meant. Like, Mm -hmm. what did he do every week? But I don't think I saw anyone saying, well, you know, he was teaching kids about the Bible. That may have led him. We know all the violent shit in there. We know what the violence is in there. Yeah, I guess if I knew he was like some sort of vocal active atheist, not Mm -hmm. just a dick, which is what all the profiles I've read seem to say he was. um, I guess my first question is like, well, who is he listening to? What Mm -hmm. sort of who does he get his activism nature from? Because if I run through the Rolodex in my head of who are all the people speaking out about atheism Mm -hmm. who have any sort of following... Even the ones I don't like, no one, no one, no one advocates violence. N- not violence, but like no one even advocates like Christians are evil or religious no. people are horrible. It's wrong, wrong, yes. or naive, or yeah, but nothing that would ever rise to that level. So I would be very confused. I guess is where I'm going with that. I mean, and I think there it would be interesting to see. Because I feel like when something like this happens, everyone's life is so dissected. And I often have this thought of like, 
if something happened to me or if I did something or whatever, if people went through and like, oh, she liked this or she listened <laughs> to that the day before, like, is that really informing or are we just trying to... Cause Everyone hu- wants a reason. Humans and we need don't to have... pull meaning. We, we're not good at accepting randomness. And so... I if, don't think we have a really good reason for the Vegas shooting guy either no, at this point. It's been like a month. But nobody found out that he is like following friendly atheists. So yeah. like nobody's talked about... I mean, I haven't heard anything about his religion. Right. And maybe he was an atheist, but it seems to be like two disparate points. Um, what I do want to talk about with the the shooter is, um, the church shooter is his history of domestic violence yeah. that has been time and time again disregarded. And if we're, if we want to talk about why do people not even why do people do what they do, but what are predictors? Because that's always the thing. Like, how can we stop this from happening again? That's why, I don't know if you, have you watched Mindhunter on Netflix? Not yet, I haven't. It's really good. I've read um, Whoever Fights Monsters, who one of the um, guys in that, the, the characters, but anyway, it, it's about profiling, right? And why? Do, and, and it's all about why do people do what they do? What patterns can we find in their childhood or in their past or in their, in their mind? Um, and I think it's harder to go back and say, oh, this guy did this because of this. And like, oh, it feels like it lines up because we've got the answer, right? Like he killed a bunch of people. Oh, we saw this pattern and that pattern. He did this and he did that. My problem is we have a lot of this information and we have a lot of stats of the kind of people who are most likely to do something like this. And guess what? They all, almost all of them are domestic abusers. And it's something that we like brush off so quickly and so readily as a society and don't take it seriously. Serial abusers, rapists, things like that. We don't give a shit. There is something that is going on in this country uh, that violence, either against women specific, in general or just in the household, whether it's your your spouse or your children, it's not taken nearly, as, and it's taken more seriously now than it was 30 years ago, to be clear, but it's still not the huge red flag that it should be. That's not the bulk of the conversation we're hearing yeah. this week after the shooting. Right. And it probably should be. And and we can talk about mental illness and obviously like we need to address things like that. We need to give people resources. But the reality is when a woman comes in to the police station or the hospital because her husband kicked the shit out of her and they patch her up and send her home and give him a slap on the wrist, like what the fuck are we doing? Like why are we allowing these things to continue? And it's and I understand there's so much complicated shit, nuanced shit that goes into it. Women going back to their abusers time and time again, but it's just it's one of those things that's so infrequently taken seriously. And whether that's because it's a crime against women, or in, often a crime against women, or whether it's whatever happens in your house is your business and not mine. Well, yeah, you know, if you're the kind of guy who beats the shit out of your wife and kids. It's only a couple steps. Because to me, that seems more brutal. Like, beating somebody you love, to me, seems more violent and more evil, quote-unquote, than, like, shooting a random person in the street. Because, like, that's your person. Like, that's your partner. That's your kid. So I think this weird thing that we take certain flavors of crimes more or less seriously. I read this thing about, about, like, oh, here are the kinds of, of, uh, like, sociopathy and things like that that are uh, types of crimes that are like most quote-unquote evil and i think evil is a super cop-out word i think it is a it applies supernatural to just like 
human sucking? Am I taking up enough of the... No, no, are, no. I'm, are you I'm, <laughs> I'm curious what, like, number one is here. Well, so here's the thing. Number one on this particular list, and it was, like, a dude who studies this kind of thing, so it was one thing. But he had uh, Jeffrey Dahmer as the most evil. And I will grant you, Jeffrey Dahmer was a fucked up gentleman. If you don't know, I don't know. I, th- I feel like most people do, but he killed... Um, a couple dozen people. He brought men home. He was gay, lived in Milwaukee, a uh, self-loathing gay man for sure. Grew up in the six, 60s and 70s in like rural Midwest. Being gay was not okay. Always fascinated with death. He would bring these um, men home. He would get himself blackout drunk and then kill them and then frequently do mutilate their corpses in some ways. Uh, by the end, he was trying to make zombies quote unquote he would like drill a hole in their head i'm sorry if this is gross for someone drill a hole in their head pour acid in their brain um because he wanted the companionship he's what we call a product killer he doesn't there's some i'm this is really showing my my colors a process killer would be somebody like um i guess a bundy somebody who enjoys murdering someone right like they like the power they like the the control over somebody um Dahmer was a product killer he wanted to have these bodies so he could have this like companionship that he was seeking he was afraid of being left alone um he was a really really sad sad man again very like fucked up he kept a bunch of skulls that he like would paint to so where are we going with this the point is (laughs) i saw i saw saw eight it wasn't nearly as gruesome as what you're explaining (laughs) now well my point is that they said okay jeffrey Dahmer is like the the quote-unquote most evil person. And while I think, yes, there is, like, some fucked up... To me, like, people who murder their families is much more upsetting. Somebody Mm. who, like... And it's often men who are, like, in financial ruin and don't want their their family to find out, so they murder their family. And to me, that's much worse... This is a weird episode. Let's keep going. Anyway, (laughs) I, I just think it's... I think it's deeply more fucked up to murder or harm somebody you love versus a stranger. I forgot what we were talking about, but We're talking yes. about uh, taking domestic violence seriously. Oh, like, yes. if you're the kind of person who can, like, beat your wife, then, I, like... I don't know if there's some sort of test. If if there's no report of some crime happening, if no one reported that domestic violence happened, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a way to say, we know that you're capable of this sort of thing. Maybe well, we're not there yet technologically. I mean, Therefore, we can't give you a gun. I know, like, if he's... Let's say he was convicted of something. Right. He shouldn't have gotten this gun or something, and mm-hmm. the military was supposed to do stuff. They didn't. Mm-hmm. But I wish there was a way to say, you know what? Your emotions can get out of hand. Yeah. Therefore. I mean, and we say people with like epilepsy can't drive. Like, right. we are aware that there is mitigating circumstances <laughs> beyond just whether you can physically drive a car that mean maybe it's not the best idea for you to drive a car. <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, this domestic abuse was on his record. So clearly it, whether it's through the military or whether it's through local law Someone enforcement, somebody, somebody did and didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Somebody caught it. Somebody held it in their hands. I was like, <laughs> that's a noise I made in my head. Nice. Sorry. That's a big serial killer rant. I don't do those very often anymore. <laughs> I'll wash mine hunters. <laughs> it's uh, good. Let's talk about another fucked up story. Ugh. So Roy Moore, let's talk about this guy. So the story that came out in the Washington Post yesterday, today's Friday, uh, whatever the date is, the 10th, November 10th. The 10th, 10th, yeah. On Thursday, the Washington Post had a big story, basically uh, with a woman in her 50s Mm -hmm. who said that when she was 14 and Roy Moore, the Alabama candidate for senator, Mm -hmm. uh, when he was in his early 30s, I believe, and an attorney, local attorney, here's the relevant paragraph of their story. 
Moore chatted with her, I think outside the courtroom where her mom was. He chatted with her and asked for her phone number, she says. Days later, he picked her up around the corner from her house. First red flag. Mm-hmm. Drove her about 30 minutes to his home in the woods. Told her how pretty she was and kissed her. On a second visit, she said, he took off her, sh- uh, her shirt and pants and removed his clothes. He touched her over her bra and underpants, she says, and guided her hand to touch him over his underwear. It's just child molestation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not rape. It's not sex. It doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. still creepy and illegal it's as hell. It's sexual assault. It's sexual assault. And other women who are under the age of 18, whether or not it's uh, whatever the legal age is, they were like, yeah, yeah I think when the age was, of consent was pretty been, low back then. Yeah, maybe 16. But the point is, Roy Moore, who in his 30s was hitting on these women who were like 16, 17. I thought ages she was like 14. That. This one was 14. Oh, gotcha. At the time, and the and the <laughs> thing about yeah. and the thing about all these stories is, Roy Moore. Okay, you have multiple women who the Washington Post reporters said they didn't know about each other, but they all told similar versions of the same kind of story, uh-huh. uh, which is unusual if they weren't coordinating this, mm-hmm. unless it was true. But the Washington Post published this article. Roy Moore didn't deny the stuff other... Well, maybe he did, but he basically said the Washington Post is out to get me because they're like some arm of the Democrats. But that's the Democrats. thing is, yeah, they are out to get you because you're a fucking predator. <laughs> yeah, they were It's okay but for they somebody to be out to get you if you're the bad guy. Right. They weren't making things up to get him. No. They were reporting a story that makes him look horrible. And the scary thing about all this is I don't think it's going to make a dent in his poll numbers at all. Republicans are giving like a non-excuse excuse with a couple exceptions here and there, like John McCain. Most of them are saying, well, if this is true, he should drop out of the race. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. And it's true. The question everyone should be thinking is, okay, like Mitch McConnell, what are you doing to investigate whether or not this is true? Or do you just hope that in 30 days, you know, no one remembers this? That's the thing. It's so easy to just say, well, if it's true, I guess I just have deniability mm-hmm. unless I don't know what sort of proof you're looking for. If multiple women's stories don't matter to you, like what proof do you want? I don't know. Yeah. And so it's... they're going to be able to just say, well, I, I don't know if it's true or not. Therefore, he should stay in the race and give me another Republican in the Senate. Well, and I think there's there is a couple interesting thing, things happening here. One is at least this story is getting traction. I feel like this year is is garbage a year as it's been has definitely been the year of women letting their voices be heard which i think is a really important first step toward getting these fucking monsters out of control of our country um but i think it's really interesting this is a really interesting um kind of coming together of a lot of situations because the gop talks about how they're the party of family and the party of like good christian values and and yes, time and time again, we see them sort of deny women their their rights, but they do that under the guise of, or okay, let's even talk about the trans bill, right? Like the, the bathroom trans bill. We're protecting our kids. We're protecting our kids. We're protecting our kids. Okay, well, somebody came forward and said, this man attacked me as this a child. This good Christian man. This good Christian boy. Uh-huh. So it, I think it's a really, I don't want to say good because it's definitely not, but it's a useful tool to shine through their bullshit. I wonder if you ask a lot of these more supporters, the Christians who mm-hmm. back him no matter what, 
Like, who's more dangerous to kids? A married, loving, gay couple or Roy Moore? The answer they're going to say is the gay couple's more dangerous to children. Yeah. And I think... um, And I think it just really exposes these sorts of of anti-gay, anti-LGBTQ laws for what they are, which is targeting a marginalized community and trying to take their rights away as opposed under the guise of protecting children. When in reality, time and time again, when women and children come forward and say, no, this person hurt me, but it doesn't fit their profile of what they think a predator should look like or does look like Mm. in their kind of nightmares... Well, then that person must be lying. So, I, like, I'm when waiting, do we believe people? I'm waiting. Uh, I've seen this. A few people say this. They're like, if you grow up in evangelical culture, one of the narratives you're going to hear in this Roy Moore story is that that 14-year-old girl probably seduced him. That's, yeah, actually, I, um, I one of the things I found was... They're going to find a way to blame the victim oh, for this 100%. somehow. Oh, 100%. Well, what, uh, on Sean Hanley's show, which obviously take literally everything he says with the tiniest grain of salt, or the biggest grain of salt... More less Lots salt. Lots of salt. Or less salt. Uh, the appropriate amount of salt yes. one should take Sean Hannity or a slug with. Um, he rambled about, obviously, Brendan Bill Clinton. Because oh, of course. having, from what I understand, consensual sex with an adult is the same thing as sexual molesting, molesting a 14-year-old. But all of a sudden, guess what, guess what word Hannity learned? Hmm. Consensual. Hey, hey. But here's the thing. He's he's saying exactly that. I think that. he was referring to the 16 and 17-year-old, not the 14-year-old. I think he said... Wait, let but me... The, he was saying that the 16, 17-year-old that Roy Moore maybe asked out on a date or something, well, that was consensual. And the point isn't that... Okay, this, said, is, this is what he said. Uh-huh. Uh, one girl is 18, one girl is 17. They never said he did. There was no sexual. There was kissing involved. And then they're saying this one encounter with a 14-year-old girl, um, some name McLaughlin, McLaughlin, it was consensual and consensual. I okay. Or so is my he, is he? I think there was crosstalk happening. Oh, okay. So I my understanding of that story, giving him the benefit of the doubt, Sean Hannity here, is that he this. was saying consensual in reference. Place I know for me. <laughs> he was referring to like the seventeen year old. Like, well, that was consensual. Gotcha. But she was still under eighteen, and like he was in his thirties, and that ought to be creepy. Yes. You're looking for like Sean Hannity is looking for like a, a legal loophole. out, yeah, a loophole to get out of this situation. But, like, even forgetting that, even putting that aside for a second, here we have a story of Roy Moore apparently, allegedly, molesting a child. Mm -hmm. And the general response from his supporters runs the gamut from, well, how come it took this long for her to come out? Mm -hmm. How how come, um, well, how do you know this actually happened? We don't necessarily believe her. We're going to support Moore no matter what. Like, there are a few Republicans, like the Senate a Republican Senate committee, they said, fine, we're not financially backing him. You have a couple of senators saying he should drop out from the race. But in reality, nothing is changing. He's still on the ballot per Alabama law. Even if he dropped out, he'd be on the ballot. There is no massive push. It's too early for poll numbers to come out. We haven't seen yet, though, any push toward the Democrat who Mm -hmm. is still on the verge of losing unless Democrats can get their act together. Right. So like nothing's really going to change unless more like does something that there's no reason to think he's ever going to do. Like say, yep, I did it. Don't vote for me. I'm a Which obviously he won't. And there's, there's absolutely no sense of like take, obviously they're not going to like put 
they're not going to take any punishment that they deserve, let alone like volunteer themselves. Yeah, somehow I joked about this somewhere online. I'm like, somehow this will be Hillary's fault. I don't oh know how God. yet. I mean, they already blamed it on Bill. Yeah. So uh, more's not going to change. And the scary thing is you're already seeing evangelical powerhouses start backing him just the same way they did Donald Trump. Yeah. After he was bragging about grabbing women, they all fell in line saying like, whatever, he did it in his past. It did. It doesn't matter now. We're yeah. not electing a pastor. Oh, my it's God. Like, no, Roy, like, oh, unlike God. Donald Trump, who they should have denounced, but they didn't. They overwhelmingly supported him. Like, 81% of evangelicals, mm-hmm. white evangelicals voted for him. Yeah. But at least he was, like, we all knew he was that sort of guy before. Mm-hmm. Roy Moore's entire career is built on the, I'm a Christian and I'm a better person than you are. Like, his conservative family values supposed goodness Mm -hmm. like he's trying to protect everybody from the scourge of the gay Mm -hmm. that's what his entire brand is and now we realize oh by the way he's a child molester i guess they should have etched that one on the ten commandments maybe then he would have learned that was wrong but they didn't god forgot that one so like the guy who's like we got to put the ten commandments in the courthouse because that's how we know morality right is now the convicted or not convicted charged accused Child molester. And the thing is, this should bother everybody. And it's not bothering the very people who are going to vote for him. Yeah, I think think that's the frustrating thing for me personally. Like, obviously, the act itself is is horrendous. And I'm sorry that she went through that and that I, I hope she's okay. But the reaction that obviously everyone I kind of associate with is like, fuck this guy because they go to my fuck this guy school of fucking guys. Not mm-hmm. ugh, that freight came out wrong anyway. Um, but the fact that people aren't running away from this man, the fact that people again, and I, I know I say this a lot, but it's just so endlessly frustrating that like, these are the people who talk about family values and protecting the children and protecting kids from trans people when a, when a like wolf is uncovered in their <laughs> flock right they're so so quick to turn a blind eye or blame the victim so like who are you trying i guess that's my question is who are you trying to protect because we've seen women women come forward with Donald Trump we're seeing children here's, or who were children coming forward here's the answer i got the answer for you the the reason they're still supporting him despite just to be clear He's an accused pedophile. Uh The reason they're still supporting him is because they know if he gets into power, they have a better chance of getting anti-abortion laws and a judge's in the highest echelons of power. And again, that's why they support Trump, too. Trump's the one thing Trump is doing right. If you're a conservative is he's appointing and getting approval for just about every single one of the most conservative judges on appellate courts, on circuit courts on the Supreme Court, obviously. That's why they're still supporting him. If for some reason Trump nominated a moderate or a liberal to like the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. they would turn in an instant. Yeah. But pedophilia, eh, we'll let that one slide because so you're still going to give us the pro-life thing. So they're pro-life and pro-family values and the pedophilia thing. Yeah, we'll just look the do other way know, for that. Do you know if... The, like, are there any kind of long-form studies about people, let's say men in power and whether they're more likely to be accused of misconduct, whether that's sexual misconduct or just financial misconduct. I wonder if, because it feels like 
all of the people who get accused of rape or molesting children or whatever being inappropriate tend to be on the right side. There's definitely exceptions. There are Anthony Wainers who, God. Right. What's the story there? He sexted a 15-year-old girl and he's in prison. Yeah. Roy Moore fondled a 14-year-old. Right. And he's going to be senator. Right. And and the things I don't want to, like, Anthony Wainers kind of a fucking monster and, like, mm. could not get his, li- like, he what has a fucking his own problems. mess of a human. But it feels like time and time again, when we hear about people who are, you know, engaging with sex workers or, you know, molesting small children, boys or girls, or soliciting sex from men in airport bathrooms or whatever, it feels like it always comes from the right. But that could be my own, like, confirmation bias. I, I think it might be. I would say this. I don't think the left is better on this, just like I don't think atheists are better on these issues yeah. than religious people are. But the difference is, to me, people like Anthony Weiner weren't walking around telling you how to live your life and saying, I'm better than you are, I point. have this right. Doesn't excuse what he did. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying Roy Moore, he made a whole career out of saying, I know what's better for all of you, and we're going to take gay people. You don't have any rights. Yeah. I'm going to make sure uh, whatever criminal, I don't know, remember all the specifics he did mm-hmm. in terms of adjudication. But he seems to always be on the side of, I'm going to follow the Bible and I'm going to do what's right. Mm-hmm. And you don't understand that because you're not the type of Christian I am. You need me to guide you to moral high ground. That's why these stories stand out more for me. Yeah. Because, like, again, and we Bill, cover them. Bill Clinton, like we said, consensual, unethical, but mm-hmm. consensual. But he wasn't walking around saying, like, you can't do this and I'm going to pass legislation to make sure you can't do this. I think he did pass a DOMA. Did but that's... Oh, well, yeah. Uh, but for the most part, by and large, right. you don't see yes. that from the left. You see it all the time from the right. The the strangest response I've heard so far from the right. Oh, no. Uh, Alabama State Auditor Jim Ziegler told one publication uh, in defense of Roy Moore, take the Bible, take no. Joseph and Mary. No. Mary was a teenager and no. Joseph was an adult carpenter. They became parents of Jesus. Which Wait, is- it's really was Mary a teenager and Joseph was an adult? Yes, but even if you follow the Bible story, Joseph didn't impregnate her. That's the whole basis of the faith. (laughs) You kind of missed the point of your religion, sir. Joseph didn't, like, (laughs) molest her. That was God. (laughs) Oh, no. God's the one who impregnated Mary, but they didn't even have sex because she's the Virgin Mary. Like, again, I'm trying to find logic in a very illogical story. But the point is, he's saying, look, Mary was a teenager. She gave birth to Jesus. Therefore, let Roy Moore off the hook for touching a 14-year-old girl and making her touch him. Like, don't, don't, first, don't bring the Bible into this. Yeah. And second, really? That's how you're defending this? That well, and every- anyone who, like, molests a child is going to be the mother of Jesus? Well, and everything about that, or, about, sorry, like, that wrong. what her allegation is just screams fucking creeper like being in her car in a car around the corner from picked her, her up house. from the corner like, not in front of her house oh, where people might have pi- seen but around the corner meet it's, me there it's like it's predatory actions this oh. is the, these are the actions of a fucking predator just quick sidebar by the way he's running against a democrat who like fought against the kkk and like has as far as we know a pretty spotless record the Democrat, Doug Jones, is on paper fine. He's yeah. not like the charismatic type of mm-hmm. like guy who will like really work everyone's energy up, mm-hmm. but he's fine. Yeah. 
But he's a Democrat, therefore he's losing this race in Alabama to a pedophile who's a Republican cool. and has the support of the Christian right nice still. Nice work as always. Um, really quick, I just, sometimes I really wish that we could be Trumpian and that I could just say opinions really loudly and people wouldn't call me on them. Because I feel like <laughs> when I was saying the thing about um, about whether people from the right or the left tend to like get, get caught in misconduct more... What I really wanted to say is every time it's the fucking right and every time it's these cheese. <laughs> and I can't because A, I know it's wrong and B, I know people will email me about and it. And they should. But like, but like it what only a world we you. would live yeah. in if I could just say shit like that like Trump does or anybody on the right <laughs> and be like, and everyone's like, yeah, it's a true fact. Just said it. <laughs> I wish I had that power. One day. One day you'll be able to lie without anyone calling you out so you have to listen <laughs> oh, to them. Thank you, Hammond, so much. I really You're appreciate welcome. your support. We're working on it. <laughs> Um, so here, Christ. let me bring up this story that actually, as far as I could tell, did not get a lot of attention at all. And this shocks me because to me, part of me seems like this should be a big deal. We've talked before in Congress, 535 members of Congress, mm -hmm. zero open atheists. And this week, Jared Huffman, who's a Democrat from California, mm -hmm. came out and said Specifically, he is a non-religious person. Like, he literally came out on Facebook and said he calls himself, quote, a non-religious humanist. All well, right. He doesn't like the word atheist. Like, it doesn't. he doesn't feel like it describes him. He, unfairly, I think, said, like, atheism seems arrogant. Like, you know the answer. I know oh we can have a long God. discussion on this. He's wrong about the definition in my, my head. you hear my eyes rolling on Mike? I did, believe it or not. <laughs> I hear many eyes rolling right now. <laughs> Okay, so I can take my issue with, dude, you're an atheist. Just call yourself an atheist. Yeah. But okay, he came out as a non-religious humanist. Whatever. He doesn't believe in God, whatever label he wants to call himself. And more to the point, when it comes time, like uh, when they do an, a survey of all the members of Congress and what your religious beliefs are okay. out of 535 people, this time with the new Trump Congress that came in in January, mm -hmm. nine of them said they were either unaffiliated or unlisted, like they didn't want to answer the question. Uh, only one is unaffiliated. It's Kirsten Cinema from uh, Arizona. And whatever, she just Kirsten says... Kirsten Cinema is a dope name. It really is. Uh, <laughs> and she's running for Senate, by the way, for Jeff Flake's seat. She's, mm. she's great politics-wise and stuff. She doesn't like the word atheist either. Mm -hmm. I don't care or know what she is. Um, but okay, she's unaffiliated. But on paper, it's just... she. It doesn't really have a label next to her. Cool. There are nine people who are unaffiliated. Jared Huffman was one of them. Mm -hmm. And now he says he will call himself a humanist. Oh, That cool. will be the first nice. uh, since Pete Stark several years ago. That should be a big deal. And by the way, uh, I, I thought this was going to happen a while ago, like years ago. Jared Huffman was on Stephen Colbert's old show, <laughs> did a Better Know a District segment. Oh, yeah. I remember and that segment. here's the conversation. And sorry, I'm going to imitate all of them here. I'm so excited. Colbert. I see you've listed your religion as unspecified. Yes. Would you like to respecify as Roman Catholic? <laughs> no. Doors always open. <laughs> Nothing against Roman Catholics, and I love your new pope. Thank you very much, says Colbert. Unspecified. Come on. Grow a pair. What is it? What is it? Are you an atheist? Huffman says, I don't know. Colbert. Agnostic then? Perhaps. And then Colbert just, what is an agnostic but an atheist without any balls? <laughs> and Colbert added, I see you're choosing not to specify your response to that unspecified. I'll just put you down for heathen slash hellbound. 
So like even years oh, ago, I miss his show right? so much. Even years ago, Huffman was like, <laughs> maybe I'm agnostic. Hellbound. That's my next tattoo. <laughs> Which one? That entire conversation. He, no, just heathen slash oh, yeah. <laughs> So Huffman hinted at it a long time ago. Conversation on my back. And now, and now he's saying, okay, fine. You know what? Why not right yeah. now? And the kind of cool thing is, uh, here's the upside to this. And the downside. The downside is this happened yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, two days ago, one or the other. It barely made a ripple. There was one article in the Washington Post that oh. kind of announced it. A couple small posts like in on the Hill mm-hmm. uh, website and stuff like that. But like no one cared. I didn't even hear any jokes last night on like late night TV about it. It really went under the radar, which is the downside. See, I think but on the upside, no one seems to care. That's the thing is, I think it's a net positive. Like, I think it's cool that it's not, it's not, I mean, granted, this has been a bonkers <laughs> news week. Right. But yeah, I mean, he's competing against Roy Moore scandal. Right. Uh, all the, the election. The, <laughs> a you know. good week for Democrats. Yeah. Donald Trump doing crazy stuff in China. Yeah. I, um, I, and like the Louis C.K. stuff. Uh, like, so, I mean, it's been a crazy news week. Yeah. So, yes, this could get buried. But again, this is, this is where I was coming from. Even in a week with a lot of news, I would think this merits at least like some mention. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal. And no, it's just a non-story for yeah. pretty much everybody. I think that's great. I think that's great news that it's a non-story. Which, and yeah, and just to talk about that for a second, what does that mean? Because when Pete Stark came out right. as uh, he used the label non-theist, mm-hmm. even though he labeled himself a Unitarian still, uh, when Pete Stark Man, came out... people love to tap dance around the A word. I know. Whew. I know. But when he came out, it seemed like such a bigger deal. And I know why, because I was trying to look back at the timeline here. He came out in like March of 2007. We're talking about the God delusions like still on Mm, bookshelves. There are still bookstores carrying these books. Um, I don't think all those new atheist books had come out at this this time. This is when Heaven's Kids These Days rant starts. I know, I know. (laughs) There was really no blogosphere. There was YouTube was still relatively new. Mm -hmm. So the fact that a guy comes out and says, I don't believe in God Mm -hmm. in Congress, whoa, that's kind of different. That's a big deal. That was getting some attention. By the way, Bill Maher is on tonight. Maybe he'll mention it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But that was a big deal then. Now it's like, Okay, California Democrat happens to not believe in God. Mm-hmm. I assume that was already the case. Like I think right. to a lot of people, they'd be like, "Oh, he's." They, they would be surprised to learn he's the only open non-religious person in Congress. I, yeah, because they just assume otherwise. And I think in the last ten years, we. So I think, and maybe this is just my own experience, but it seems to me that we've we as a general country, especially people on the left, have kind of divorced morality and religion. And I think that has to do with like the shit that happened in the Catholic church. I think that has to do with um, the, what's the family? God hates fags family. Uh, Phelps. Yeah. Um, what's the name of their church? Why am I uh, Westboro Baptist. Westboro. Yeah. God, I completely lost that. I think we are seeing so many examples of, of not just like morally dubious churches, but very, very amoral actions or stances taken by what is supposed to be, uh, like you said, like, some moral star that we're trying to to get to 
So, so I, people understand that you don't have to right. believe in so, God to be good. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, I should mention Kirsten Cinema is unaffiliated. There's a bunch who just didn't want to answer the question. Uh-huh. And by the way, Huffman said this too. I really don't think it makes a difference what my religious beliefs are to the job I have to do because right. I'm here to protect everybody. The reason he came out, he's like, you know what? I feel like I don't have to hide this or anything. Sure. So let me just put it out there. Uh, Jamie Raskin, we talked about on this podcast. He's a newly elected representative from Maryland. And he has a history in state politics there, too. But he's now one of their congressmen. Uh He actually said years ago that he is also a humanist. He actually said the American Humanist Association, which gave him an award, like, yeah, I follow your definition of humanism. Uh Well, the AHA's definition includes no belief in a higher power. Right. And when he was running for office, he magically shied away from that word. Oh, he did? Yeah. And he's like, well, no, I'm Jewish. (laughs) Well, okay, that's fine, but are you a secular Jew? Right. Are you a religious Jew? And, you know, he didn't really answer the question. On paper, he's Jewish, according to the official record. Mm-hmm. And again, that's fine. But again, people want to run away from the A word. I don't know if, I don't, n- there's nothing I've seen that suggests he's a religious Jew. Yeah. He's more of a cultural Jew. He respects and, you know, he takes part in the and traditions. Fun. People don't tend to, like, not come down hard on people who just say they're cultural Jews. Yeah, Even though gener- generally that's code <laughs> for atheist of some kind. But, like, it was never a thing with Bernie Sanders. He talked about right. being a cultural Jew. Bernie Sanders, by the way, also listed as, Unaffil- is he unaffiliated or Jewish? I, he might be Jewish on paper. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm going to screw that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But he's not an atheist on paper, I'll tell you that. Yeah. So anyway, good for Huffman. Yeah, I think it's weird that no one mentioned it, but like you said, maybe that's not a bad. Yeah, I'm thing choosing at all. to. I'm choosing to see the bright side of that one yeah. for the first time in my fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> in a week of horrible news. Yeah. Well, it wasn't all horrible. Yeah. Okay, here's a not sad story, but it's uh, <laughs> it's it's Sorry. one that surprised me. Here's the sliding scale we're working on. <laughs> I know, like the, deeply horrific. The to window like, of good news yeah. has really shifted here. <laughs> Um, here's the story. The Jehovah's Witnesses, we talk about them all the time. Uh, they've been accused a lot of going through a lot of what like the Catholic Church has been going through with their scandals. Oh, yeah. Like there are people who are saying the Jehovah's Witnesses are protecting pedophiles in their midst. Cool. In their midst. Um, they're not doing enough to help their congregations. Uh-huh. They're they're basically hiring or rehiring the people who are accused of doing horrible things. Nice work, guys. Um, And they make it even worse because some of their policies lend itself to this. For example, I forgot if we talked about this on the show. They have the Watchtower Society, which oversees the Uh witnesses. They have something called the two witness rule, which is to say that a church elder, you shouldn't take some random congregation members account of abuse seriously unless there were two people who witnessed it. Oh, fuck off. And think about that. If, I will not. If you say, no, this older man touched me in church, who are the two witnesses? The older man. God and Jesus. And, I mean, it's you, yes. The older man's going to deny it, which means now you're only down to one witness, you. So unless someone was there in the room, you can't really get anywhere with the thing. Like, it just lends itself to more predatory behavior, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a horrible rule. Uh, now, the good part about that is that people have been criticizing the church and Seriously. So in Australia, they had a huge commission look into this. And what they said is that the Royal Commission put together a report that said kids are, quote, not 
adequately protected from the risk of sexual abuse in the organization. A good thing. In Canada right now, there is a class action lawsuit being filed against the Jehovah's Witnesses with $66 million. Canada, you guys are knocking it out of the park this year. I don't know how successful that lawsuit will be, but in essence, I think they were asking for like $250,000 per victim, which $66 million, do the math, that's a lot of people. Now, here's the thing that's going on. Here's where it's different from the Catholic Church. All of us know Catholics. We hang out with Catholics. Like, there's the rule is, yeah, you go to church when you're supposed to go to church. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's more than that, isn't it? Wait, you said, uh, what'd you say? I really should be able to do this. No, you um, no actually, you may be right. They're One, representing that many. 168,000. Uh, excuse me, 166 mil- million. Oh, 66 yeah, million. With 250,000 E, so 66 times four. That sounds about right. Did I do that right? God, Divided by 125,000? Don't blame me. I'm not. I'm trying no. to help you. <laughs> 528 is what I'm All getting. All right. So uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, though, unlike Whoa, the Catholic the Church, <laughs> unlike the Catholic Church, the Jehovah's Witnesses are very insulated uh-huh. from the world. They're not really supposed to talk to you if you're not part of their church, or at least theologically speaking, like if you're a former Jehovah's Witness, uh-huh. they really can't talk to you like the rule is if you've been shunned or disfellowshipped they want nothing to do with you even if you're family and who would be more uh more of an advocate or more willing to say oh my god this church i grew up in is abusive hey you're still a member i need to tell you about this Uh the people who are most inclined to to do that are the ones who left the church interesting so here's the problem there are some wonderful activists who do work online, make websites, kind of explaining the problem. Well, just really make quick, YouTube it never videos. occurred to me like how that affects because that that's true in a, a few religions that if you leave the religion, you're not Scientology. Scientology yeah. is certainly one, but th- it just now occurred to me how much that protects predators. Oh yeah, yeah. At least the Catholic Church, like we all talk to Catholics right. all the time. Right. So all the conversations we're having about the horrors in the Catholic Church. Well, they hear it. Right. They know not, it. And the Catholic Church generally isn't doing, like, pulling a Scientology. Like, as soon as somebody comes forward with allegations, they're like, oh, this person's a monster. And Stay away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they haven't, uh, yeah, systemically within the church, they're not saying don't listen to these people. Uh-huh. Maybe they're saying don't take them seriously, like right. we're doing our part, whatever. Anyway, continue. But Jehovah's Witnesses, it's like, oh, these people who are talking shit about our church, uh, they're enemies of the church. You shouldn't listen to them. Uh-huh. So that's the problem. So uh, I've mentioned, we've talked to Lloyd Evans on this podcast who does a lot to talk about, ex, to, uh, he's an ex-Jehovah's Witness who does a lot of criticism of uh-huh. the things because he knows the landscape. Mm-hmm. So he could say, they just put this out. This is something going out to every member. Here's the problem with it. There are websites dedicated to writing about this stuff too. But how much of that reaches people who are in the church? Very little, mm-hmm. maybe. Some people, if they look for it, maybe they'll find it. But Do they for, have internet access, or are they? Yeah, they're not off like uh, they're not Orthodox Jews like oh. barred off from internet access, so they can find it if they look for it. But are they? But unless they know to look for it, who knows? Mm-hmm. So here's where I'm going with all this. This week, and actually last week, there have been a group of people who have organized to say, "Let's go to their churches, their kingdom halls." During sermons, and usually the way these work is there is a sermon at first, and then they kind of do a Bible type of study, mm-hmm. um, and they do a Q&A, and people in the congregation can get the mic. And they'll say, like, okay, here's the mic, Jess. 
what do you have to say or what's your answer to this? My name is Jess and I'm here to say oh, God. I love to rap in a major way. I'm embarrassed for your people. <laughs> they take the mic, though, and they've been using their opportunity to tell the congregation, hey, this church is abusive. You should stop donating. And so, wow. for example, there's That's video ballsy. of this. By, oh, yeah. There's videotape of this. Like one woman, for example, when she got the mic, uh-huh. she said to the crowd, the money that we donate to the organization is going to protect pedophiles. Wow. They wow, cut off- she is not cutting. Mm. She is going straight for you the You know point. it's limited time. They yeah. cut off her mic, so she just finished by standing up and addressing the crowd. Because these aren't nice. like big places. Another group had like multiple people saying things like asking the church elders, how does this stop the abuse? Uh-huh. She was kicked out. They pretty much dragged her out. Wow. But then another woman stood up to say, my ex-husband is a pedophile. He raped two children in the (gasps) kingdom hall. You all can talk to my pedophile (gasps) ex-husband, but you can't talk to me because I left. Meaning she was disfellowshipped. She added, he beat me for 11 years and (gasps) you asked me what I did to antagonize him. Then she was kicked out. Another woman stood up. Yeah, she's definitely the bad guy in that story. I lost my virginity to a rape and was disfellowshipped for it. (gasps) They told me it was my fault for going to a bar with a, quote, worldly boy. Another one says go to uh, jwfacts.com. So, I mean... Oh, my God. This is coordinated. They're like, we know we're going to get kicked out. We only have a couple seconds to say something. Get it out. We'll get it on video. And maybe their hope is that someone in that church who heard them... Yes, they would be annoyed. Yes, they'd be like, oh, these people are distracting. Uh But maybe something they said might plant a seed of doubt. Sure. Um, There was actually a group that went to the headquarters in New York. Mm -hmm. Uh, They wanted to protest stuff, too. And the witnesses turned the sprinkler system on. (laughs) Sorry. That was unexpected. So they got video of them uh, being (laughs) sprinkled. sprinkled. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, anyway, all this is happening. Now, I kind of go two ways on this because... This is their church. This is their sanctuary. I don't like the idea of protesters. Like, I wouldn't advocate, don't go to, like, a Catholic church service and interrupt mass to speak out about the abuse in the Catholic church. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. a horrible thing to do, it seems. Like, that's not the way you handle it in mm-hmm. my mind. Um, then again, if I said that for all protests, like, don't interrupt these people when they're working yeah. or doing their thing, then what's the whole point? That's the whole point of a protest, to yeah, get in the middle I, of something. Well, and I try to put myself in their position of, like, somebody barged into this room right now and was like, Jesus is real. And right. I'd be like, we're trying dude. to do something, dude. <laughs> but but here's where I could kind of see justification for it. Unlike Congress, where people protest, or a confirmation hearing, or a Catholic church or something, there really is no way to get through to the people in the Jehovah's Witness church mm-hmm. um, because they're predisposed not to listen to you. They're told not to listen to you and not to look up this information or to, you know, pay any attention to it. So it's almost like you're giving us no choice right. because you tell these people that we're the enemies. It's not like they're going to Google it. I actually talked to one of the protesters the other day and I'm like, so what's your goal with this? Because like, no one's going to walk out of the church with you when you're done protesting. And here's what she said to me. I would love it if the people in that hall just Googled the information. Yeah. About the class action lawsuit and about the child abuse. Or the person who's having doubts or the person who's currently being molested, like to, I think there's, there's power in hearing that you're not alone. Yeah. And so I don't know what effect it'll have. I mean, I, I have not heard a story of anyone who changed their mind as a result of the protest, but mm-hmm. it's early. Right. 
Um, but that's a question I would pose to anyone listening. Like, what do you think about that form of protest? Mm-hmm especially in this case when how else are you going to get through to people who are already told, just listen to the elders, put your trust in them. And the whole point is you can't put your trust in them. Why do you know why um, police haven't been involved? Probably for the same reason that we talk about other acts of abuse, unless you go to the police and actually the protesters Mm -hmm. said, look, if you are abused by a church elder, Mm -hmm. you should go to the police. Do not take it to the elders. They're not though. Even, even if you go to one that isn't the one who did this to you, right? The church is not not handling it. Yeah, they're not on your team. So actually the protesters said you should go to the police. But I think the, the reason they don't, um, it's probably the same. A lot of women don't go to police. Sure. You don't think you're going to be believed. You don't think they're going to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. And in the case of the church victims, it's like, well, you're going, you're not following church protocol in mm-hmm. handling this correctly. Like, don't bring other people into our business. Yeah. Handle it internally. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking more of like the people who are going back to protest. Like, I w- and I'm not saying it's, I don't know, whatever. I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, it's your fault because you didn't say anything. Like, a lot of dickbags are saying lately. Um, but I'm wondering, like, if they're m- making the point to go back and talk to people, like, ha- have they, like, I-, I guess, are we going to see another, like, spotlight thing that happened with the Catholic yeah. Church with the Jehovah's Witness? Which, I don't know. But, hey, look, if Jehovah's Witnesses knock on your door, before you send them off to mm-hmm. go to the next house, feel free to invite them in and ask them about the two-witness rule and ask them to how they're responding to the church abuse allegations. I do get there's Jehovah's a conversation once in a while. Yeah, there's a conversation to have. Do you All think right. I have to clean my house before I invite Jehovah's Witnesses in? No, just make them some tea. It'll be fine. I've got tea. I yeah. can do that. I got one last story for you, and it's a happy, happy, kind of happy story. Is it the election story? No. Oh, well, I have two. Well, I have one thing I thought Go we were going to talk it. about. Go for it. Give that. me that. Okay. Hemet, are no. you ready for something that's going to blow your mind? I'm listening. We agree with Donald Trump on a thing. What? <laughs> so so the headline of this story yes. is that Donald Trump believes that Scientology should lose its its tax-exempt status. It should. And we agree with them. Now, then I called that. That was a tweet I saw. Okay. Also, the retweet of that was... In other news, blinking clock, like clock blinking noon is right twice a day, Uh which I, God, those things make me happy. Anyway, um, so according to the Huffington Post, um, Lynn Patton, who worked with the Trump family since 2009, told um, Leah Remini, who is the actress who's been doing, um, what's her show called? Leaving Science? I forgot the name of the show. I should know. I'll figure it out. Yeah, okay. It's about Scientology. She left Scientology. I have it on my DVR too. Uh, Scientology and the aftermath. That's the new. Eh, it doesn't matter, but it's it's on ID, I think. Yes. Um. Anyway, so Lynn Patton worked, and she told um, Lee Remini that Trump had told her that he thought that Scientology should lose its tax exempt status, and that she would um, would interface with the IRS directly to seek more information in an effort to initiate revocation. So what this story comes down to is somebody who worked... It's a, it's a very much like third-hand account okay. of somebody who worked with Trump. Her, like He told this woman allegedly that he thinks Scientology should get its, its tax-exempt status revoked. And 
is allegedly going to look into it. That's really from what I could see from what I read. That's kind of the whole story. But it's something that might be positive. You're telling me to put my faith in Trump to do the right thing and revoke Scientology's Texism status. He's not going to. Like, I feel like he has to do at least a thing correctly. Like, <laughs> like just the law of large numbers, he has to <laughs> accidentally do something right, right? Um, I feel like the Scientologists are more likely to give him money, though. Like, why I would think, he revoke I their mean, tax exemption? I mean, it definitely... I, I see uh, parallels between his sort of authoritarian nature and mm. Scientology, for sure. It's I'll tell you what. If he does it, uh-huh. we'll talk about it. We'll celebrate He's not going to. Do you think Trump is going to say he's reincarnate of LRH? Because I would, I would watch that press conference. I don't think so, because that would mean deferring to LRH as like L. Ron Hubbard as the greatest guy ever. No, no, no. Other people will, you know, take on the form of him. Mm. It's not the other way around. Gross. Um, well, I guess we, I, I kind of want to talk about a little bit about the uh, the election that just happened because oh, it was yes. a really and I. I didn't do as much research because I figured that we'd be talking about it. But yeah, let's talk about the big uh, wins for uh, trans rights, for uh, people of color. So the big story is um, the bathroom bill dude, whose name is? His name is Robert Marshall. He was a delegate from Virginia, Mm -hmm. and he was defeated in his race by Danica Rome. Who is a trans trans woman. And he was the one who introduced the bathroom bills yeah he wrote the bill uh so he was he called himself like what chief homophobe did he yeah like very proud of his bigotry yeah and he got beaten by a trans woman yeah and like the (laughs) the best thing people are asking her about like oh what are you gonna do now that he's you know are you gonna punish him anyway and she goes no i serve all my constituents and now he's my constituent which is like classy fucking it's classy, but also an atomic burn from space, <laughs> which is so good. Again, going back to the, I'm sure the Marshall, who is an anti-abortion Catholic, mm-hmm. he's the whole, I'm religious, therefore I'm trying to protect the morality right. and all that stuff. Nope. The transgender woman is the one who's taken the moral high road, mm-hmm. not going to insult her the way he treated her for years and people like her. So, yeah, good for her. There were other stories of um, I mean, awesome people running because they were just pissed off and they wanted to get yeah, involved. There was also and a lot of them did really well. Yes. There was also the boyfriend of um, a woman who was murdered on live TV. That on news live reporter. TV. Yeah. Um, and and he, he was on an anti-gun platform yep. and he defeated an NRA-backed yep. candidate. Yep. Good for so him. So that was awesome. I'm trying to find names for you. Um, Althea Garrison, um, Massachusetts, is the first openly transgender person to serve in state uh, legislature. Um, There was a Sikh man elected. A Sikh man. uh, Mayor of, I think, Hoboken, New Jersey. That's where Uh, uh, Frank Sinatra is from. I don't know why I know that. But there, yeah, there were a lot. Here's the lesson I took away from all that. Uh, If you're angry at Trump... And you're serious about running. You can fucking do it. You can do this. And there's a lot of groups out there that are willing to help you. And what's really neat, I saw a bunch of atheist candidates. Like, I, it's to the point where I get news about atheist candidates who are, like, openly atheist and running for office. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I'm not going to cover all of these stories. Right. But if you win a primary or something like that, I'm well, down with it. I'll yeah. pay attention. 
Um, but there's a lot of them. I think I counted three who won city council seats or beyond on Tuesday. Open atheists who won election mm-hmm. or re-election. And there's, I'm sure there are going to be a ton more running for primary slots for the midterms mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, we had the first openly transgender person of color elected to public office. That was Andrea Jenkins, first Sikh mayor elected in New Jersey. Um, yeah, Hoboken. Uh, first lesbian mayor elected in Seattle. Uh, Provo, Utah's first female mayor. Um, yeah, it's, it's the sort of diversity you don't usually see in elected office on the right, which is... yeah. Um, important to note there's a party for one oh a black woman for was, everybody i'm sorry i stepped all over you but a black woman was um voted as mayor of charlottesville which was <laughs> a hugely symbolic vic not hugely symbolic but a huge and also symbolic victory yeah. which i was thrilled to see first asian american woman to be elected to the first virginia house of delegates um zachary DeWolf is seattle's first gay uh school board member in i don't know in seattle um, Melvin Carter III was St. Paul's first mayor of color. It was a, a it was a big day. Um, Vi Lyles was the first was the um, black woman elected to Charlotte, North Carolina. That's awesome. Um, Good for everybody. More yeah. people should run if you're willing and able. Don't let it. it don't let the self doubt yeah. stop you from running. Yeah. <clears throat> There's actually someone who I know ran for like Illinois state office like mm-hmm. last year t- lost. But it was one of those, like, you know what? I'm planning to run twice. Yeah. Because this is a seat that often goes uncontested. Mm-hmm. So she said, all right, I'm going to run. And if I lose, it doesn't matter because I know how to do it now. And I'm planning on doing it again. And yeah. the party can count on me to run again. Because mm-hmm. it's not easy. It takes time. And, and some of these people knocked off, like, incumbents, powerful incumbents, yeah. which is a big deal. But I think the biggest thing that I heard for Virginia anyway were... Democrats might even take back the House of Delegates. Mm-hmm. They had a two to one on the losing end of that majority, and now they could overtake it. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason is, I think, last time they had this election, the Democrats out of the 100 seats in the House, they only ran for like 29 yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. This time they ran for 90 Jeez. of the seats, or at least put up a fight. Mm-hmm. And they ended up winning close to 50, if not 50, and some of them need to be recounts or something. Yeah. So good more people should run. That's awesome. Well, and actually, I am a friend of mine is running for um, <clears throat> Congress uh, in Illinois, and I am going to jump on her campaign as a uh, as like a communications writer for them. So sweet. Cross your fingers. I'll. I'm talking to her. I don't know if I'll have her on if she wants to come on the show or something. But I will definitely be talking about that probably more in the next few months. Excellent. More people running is always good. Yeah, and she's a woman of color, which is awesome. And her, You can tell who's passionate about it, mm-hmm. who kind of is professional enough to know how to do it right, mm-hmm. um, and who has, who's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, and for sure. That's good. I got one last story for you before we got to wrap up here, cool. which is that there was a website. We actually talked to the guy behind it a while ago. It was called Mormon Leaks. Oh, yeah. And it was all about What's like uh, Ryan McKnight okay. was the guy's name. And what he said is, for the Mormon church, where so much is secret, we're trying to leak it. And so if you have access does, to documents... Does it rhyme on purpose? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> he said, if you know anything or you have access to documents in uh-huh. your area, send them. You could do it anonymously. Here's uh-huh. the way to do it. We'll publish it. Cool. They'll vet it, I think, as much as they can, but they'll publish it. And he's been doing that for a while. 
uh, maybe a year or so. And now he's decided to expand. So he just really? started a site called faithleaks.org. <gasps> Dope. Yeah, it's him and a guy named Ethan Dodge, who's a technical advisor. They launched Faith Leaks, and basically, according to their statement that they put out, they have the belief that increased transparency results in fewer untruths, less corruption, mm -hmm. and less abuse in any organization. And just to talk about what sort of things are they looking for, because they didn't specify, they're, they're looking for anything. Mm -hmm. But think about some of the stuff we don't know. Um, yes, all the insulated, like Jehovah's Witnesses, maybe they have documents floating around, kind of like the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. Who knows what they're saying? Mm -hmm. But even like evangelical megachurches, which yeah. have no uh, hierarchy necessarily, but a lot of the biggest megachurches, they keep hidden how much money the pastor makes. Mm -hmm. They don't tell their own congregations how much money, like where all the tithe money is going. They release some stuff, but they don't tell you everything. I'm I'm I feel like part of being uh, tax exempt should, isn't... Oh, this is a very good point, which is that other Thank nonprofit you. groups have to tell you exactly where their money's going, but not churches. Well, And, and this know. is a source of a lawsuit, I think, filed by the Freedom From Religion Foundation, where they said, how come we have to tell you how much our directors make, right. but churches don't have to tell you how much their pastors make? And I think it's really funny, because a lot of times when people kind of dog on big nonprofits, they one of their talking points is always like, oh, the CEO <clears throat> makes seven figures or right. whatever, which... I mean, I guess there's an argument to be made there. Another one is you want to bring in talent. I don't know. Listen, I'm, I don't know shit about shit. But, like, maybe if we saw how much, like, pastors right. of mega churches or even, like, big churches like we have near us, or if we knew how much they were making. Who knows how much, who knows what they're telling families or women or how they're talking about sexy internally. Yeah. Um, what are the documents that, uh, how they handle some sort of allegation mm -hmm. against someone in their midst. Mm -hmm. These don't have to be public records, but someone in those churches is probably concerned about the way their churches are acting. I hope so. And they want to release it and they have access to stuff, yeah. but they don't want to get caught up in it. Mm -hmm. Faith Leaks is a good way to do it. It's anonymous. Um, that's awesome. That's all. Yeah. And again, all these churches are tax exempt. So people, they, they have the ability to sh sh uh, keep all this stuff secret. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what's going to come of it, but it'll be interesting to watch uh, how Faith Leaks does. For sure. I'm very excited about it. Anything else you got? Um, I don't think so. Do you have your happy thing for the week? Oh, shit. Huh. Okay, I'll do mine because I've been, I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> uh, so, on when, so my brother, I think I've mentioned before, he uh, teaches English in uh, Southside High School in Chicago. So it's, um, it's a charter school, so uh, it's got a little money in it, but it's definitely a very dis disenfranchised community. It's, I think, almost 100% black and Hispanic kids, I believe. Um, but anyway, they have mock interviews each year um, for one of their classes. And so I came in as a mock interviewer. And it was so cool to, like, <laughs> well, I don't... Okay, Understand, I don't interface with teenagers very much, so I don't have a lot to base on, like, what they normally are like. But I was just kind of very keenly aware that this school is, like, a perfect representation of when when Trump talks about, quote-unquote, inner-city youths or whatever, like, tr like dog yeah. whistle words he uses. These are the kids he's talking about, are these kids that are from, you know, immigrant or, or uh, poor families. And you talk to them. 
and I talked to them to their faces. And? And they're so fucking dope. <laughs> like, I liked them so... Like, the things that struck me the most were... Um, I had one kid in particular. So it's very basic interview. Like, tell me about yourself. What are your career goals? What are you hoping to accomplish? And what are your weaknesses? And they have this little resume, which... God love a 16-year-old's resume. <laughs> like, that's just... I was on the football team, and that was... It's, I loved it. I loved every moment of it. But this one kid was like... Uh, he's a Hispanic kid. My dad uh, My dad owns a... Was it a landscaping company or a construction, uh, construction company? And uh, But he's not from here. He doesn't really speak English. So I've been helping him with a business and translating since I was 10. And I was wow. like, What? Oh my God, you're probably smarter than I am at 32. Like you have more <laughs> business acumen. But like, man, these ki- they got extra points if they came in uh, like dressed professionally. Aww. And like the first chunk, there's a couple kids with like a polo or a button down shirt. And then my last like five kids, full on suits. Yes. And they were so excellent. They're such smart, charismatic kids. And my favorite part was um, this, this kid, Deshaun, his name was, he sits down and I was asking about his career goals. And, and a lot of kids talked about they wanted to do architecture. They, they tend to be drawn to things that felt, I guess, concrete, if that makes sense, like as opposed to something a little more nebulous. So a lot of, a lot of people talk about architecture and engineering. And so this kid, I was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? He's like, oh, well, I think I want to study electrical engineering. Um, so, because I, I want to be an inventor. And I was like, oh, cool, where do you, where are you like, what do you? What kinds of things do you want to invent? He's like, well, I've been working on a plasma generator, but it's not quite <laughs> there yet. And I was like, what? And after talking, I was like, oh, where are you looking to go to school? And he was like, I'm hoping MIT or Stanford. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that tracks 100%. You should be going. <laughs> but he just said it in such a way of like, I don't even know what that is, kid. But like, <laughs> and he said it like, like the way I would say like, oh, learn how to tie my shoes in a different way. He's like, I'm working on this plasma generator. <laughs> Ugh, we'll see. I'm like, oh, awesome. I'm still bad at ukulele. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it was a really fun, and I, my brother has his homeroom class, and they're seniors now. He's had them since they were freshmen, and there's a couple kids who are I know are undocumented, and I just, like, I have so much, like, adoration for these kids, and they're so brave and excellent, and um, it was a really fun kind of opportunity to to be with these kids. That's awesome. And also a 16-year-old in a really sharp suit is the fucking best. It was so adorable. That's awesome. So anyway, that's my happy thing. I like it. I need to think. I don't know. You're just so engaged when I talk that you couldn't think. I I just was weaving it. It's not that the week was shitty or anything. It's just, all right, I feel sick. (laughs) My mind's just empty. (laughs) What are you doing this weekend? uh, Coaching. Cool. <laughs> this weekend is my grandmother's 95th birthday. Oh. So nice. I have a bunch of family in town. So I'm going to be hanging out with have them. Have fun with that. Thanks. My puppy's sick. So that's going to throw a wrench <laughs> into things. Um, but that said, I gave you two happy things. I'll give you two next week. Oh, yeah, right. Bullshit. I also <laughs> want to thank um, uh, just a special shout out to Jillian from Alberta. Um, she contacted me on Etsy and she commissioned a cross stitch that is much like twice as much as anything I've ever sold anything for. And um, I'm really excited to get to work on it. So that was cool. Sweet. So that How do we find you? Oh, Hammond, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, B- uh, Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, my Etsy shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. I've been getting 
a, I don't know if people are really proactive about the holiday season, but my, my shop has been bumping. Oh yeah. I'm sure people are on that now. Um, so you can find me there. Use offer code atheist <laughs> for a certain percentage off that may be 15 and maybe 25. I'm not <laughs> sure, but cool. I make nice. custom things. Oh, I made, I made speaking of cross stitching. Did I, <laughs> I show you my custom? So I, I used you to sent me this. Oh, did I send you with the stocking? Yes. Yeah, I cute. did a custom cross stitch that I'm going to do for people's dogs in, <laughs> in stockings, and they're so cute. And I did one of my dog, Dottie, and she's just got a real... Anyway. Adorable. So adorable. Um, uh, you can find me at HemanMeta, FriendlyAtheist.com. Mm-hmm. Um, pa- uh, Patreon.com slash FriendlyAtheistPodcast. Are we, are we close to Star Wars time? I should double check. <sighs> We're getting there, I'm sure. Come on, guys. It hasn't sent me any alert that we've gotten there yet, so that's why I don't know for sure. Oh, okay. You don't just <coughs> check it every single day? I don't. And put a so. price value on people's <laughs> love. <laughs> I just stick, um, save that for the family. Cool. Uh, email us at uh, friendlyantheistpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. And We'll talk to you next week. Oh, we need a sign-off. Uh, Do a sign-off. Bye. Fuck. <laughs>